why we start like this sometimes. Like, let's just let's just stare into each other's eyes. <laughs> oh, I sound like an old man. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Seriously, oh, you're so cute. Okay. Sorry, sorry, y'all. Why do I want to say y'all? I'm not even, I have no family from the South in the States. I don't know. I don't know. I think it just sounds cool. Who are you, Paula Dean? Y'all, who am I, who? Who are you, Paula Dean? Paula Dean, oh Lord, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, hi, Hero, how are you? I'm wonderful, how are you, Rachel? It's nice to see you. It's, it's nice to see you, too. Been Since, a hot minute. Right? So now until the end of Hanukkah, well, Hanukkah's not even started yet, like all the month of December, probably. My, the little bench that we talked about in the last episode, he's behind me and he's on my shoulder and my husband's in the kitchen and I don't think he realizes that every sound he makes is going to be picked up by the microphone. So unfortunately, you're going to have to leave. Are you recording? I am recording. Yes, we are recording. Oh, you might have just heard his voice. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm, uh, well, honey, is there, okay, we're gonna have to just pause for a second. For clips. Hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Um, it's all this morning, what I've been singing in my head is... Where in the world is Michael Graziano or Grace? Yes. You remember that? Yes, of course. Carmen San Diego. I know, but like, I don't know what generation. Yeah. That fall. I played the video games and I watched the cartoon show. Like, oh my God, I loved Carmen San Diego. She is fucking hot, man, with that red coat and long brown hair. Right? So yes. the reason why I sing this is because our guest, he'll be on any moment in about five minutes or so, not even is Michael Graziano. Where in the world is Michael Graziano? Hey, 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 hey. Throw a little Jew in there? I don't know. Hey, hey, sure. <laughs> Makes um, sense. Right? So Michael, um, or as I always knew him, is Mike. So I don't know what he prefers, but it's been many years. Michael was, was, still is, the little brother of my high school sweetheart. So, um, again, not going to name names, but if you put two and two together and do your research, you might know who the, the high school sweetheart is. But in any case, um, I dated a boy in high school for like two and a half years, which is quite a long time in high school. We were 15 to like 17 and a half or 17. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, Michael was, uh, pff, gosh, he must have been like, uh, like maybe eight years younger. So like a, a good amount younger than his brother. And um, now what Michael's done over the years is finding out that he has become more recently, I think he completed it in the past year or so, the first young man, I think prior to, just prior to becoming 30 years old to travel every UN nation in the world. So he is a, obviously a travel junkie, a very worldly person. 
Um, and then what he did is he, he developed this company or this branding while he was doing this and trying to achieve this. And I think he got a lot of um, sponsorship from different companies to allow him to do this because, as you can imagine, traveling is not cheap. Um, the plane tickets alone, I mean, it depends on where you go, obviously. So he had a lot of sponsors, I believe. He documented a lot of it. And then he, he developed a brand called Global Degree. So what I do want to ask him about, though, because we're in a pandemic right now, I mean, traveling is yeah. pretty much at a standstill. Exactly. So he had this amazing idea to, with the branding that he'd already developed for himself, a Global Degree, actually, if you go on the website, I think it's globaldegree.co, um, we'll put it in the show notes afterwards, is um, gives young people the opportunity to travel the world and do their education online um, while getting a global degree. So essentially, hence what, what the name is all about, right? So becoming globally aware, becoming globally educated, um, pretty cool. So that's what he has done. He he just recently, I think it was a TED talk he did. I ugh, I don't know. I actually feel like it was in England. Maybe I'm wrong. I want to well, have a lot of things to talk to him about, but he, um, he really, uh, he definitely has a name for himself, built a name for himself. And more recently, he actually just developed a PR company. So probably because he can't travel right now very much. Um, but he has a lot to offer, obviously, when it comes to, I mean, he's all over social media, like when it comes to online branding and media and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like, I feel like now he's helping other people build their brands and um, want to talk to him about that as well. So what a mensch. What a mensch, right? So, um, and without butchering all the things that he does, <laughs> I will let him talk more about what he does. But, and I just looked it up again. So his newer company is called Mindful Media. Cool. So Mindful Media, it looks like um, they are a PA, PA, PR agency that works with mind, mindful individuals and brands, maybe like ourselves. Um, focused on leading their industries and community towards a better future. So it's, um, yeah, it sounds like he's partnered everything that he's seen and done and he's starting to build some other businesses and yeah, super stoked. Awesome. I can't wait to meet him and next your um, high school sweetheart's younger brother. I mean, I think that's a really neat note too. Oh my goodness, for sure. But, but like I'm talking, it's been... <sighs> I mean, we all, I think all of you know how old I am now, but it's, it's been like 20, 20 years probably since the conversation. Although I did, I don't know if you'll remember this because he was fairly intoxicated, but sorry, Mike, I just totally threw you under the bus without you even <laughs> yet. Um, but it's actually interesting if we talk about this now and see if, if he remembers. Yes. So I remember Mike running into you downtown on Granville street, like very late at night and Granville street in Vancouver is like littered with bars and clubs up and down the street. Mm -hmm. That's the party party central party row. Um, and they, for years now they've actually on certain nights, they'll close the street down. So you can literally just walk up and down the street without being worried about cars. And it's probably pretty smart because a lot of drunk people down there. So um, that was a number of years ago, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see if, if he remembers that. Uh, um, yeah, so exciting times. 
Yeah, no kidding, right? I can only imagine <laughs> with COVID and traveling the oh, gosh. changes in society and how that affects people like Michael that are that don't necessarily rely on travel, but that really utilize travel to help them explore and to fulfill their life and their, you know, their destiny, right? Yeah. Because I'm oh. not a traveler. I don't really enjoy traveling. So, and I think I'm in the minority of that to most people I talk to. Like, they always can't wait to travel. I'm like, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah, well, you are. I'm not like, not like I'm you, but I have, we've been friends since, or while you have done some traveling and true. Yeah. Yeah. And you seem to really have embraced it. Sure. I do embrace when I'm away and like being in different cultures and communities and stuff. I think my anxiety with transitions and anticipation and routines changing and getting settled, it's very unnerving, even though it's important and it's needed. So yeah, it's, it's which which to me, when I hear that is just like, very impressive that you would put yourself out there and, and not, I'm not, we're not talking about just traveling within Canada. Like you've gone, you've been to Europe, you've been, is that the farthest you've been? Yeah. The furthest I've been within Europe though. And like distance wise is Barcelona, I would say. So like 10 hours, 10 hours Mm -hmm. flying roughly. Mm -hmm. That's huge for someone. Yeah. I mean, what this, and this could be a whole episode on its own about travel anxiety and how did, how did you, prepare yourself or was there any preparation that you had to or felt like you needed to do in order to jump on that plane I mean that's Mm -hmm. yeah that's I would love to talk about that for sure I mean in short I basically like I was asked six months before by my father hey you are welcome to join myself and the family to go to Europe for two weeks completely paid do you want to come with us I know you're probably going to say no because you're not into that stuff and without me saying I'm like you know what fuck it why not sure and his yeah. jaw dropped me and I said to him I'm even shocked I said yes without giving a thought but it's far enough away and when am I going to have an opportunity to go to Europe for basically two weeks and uh, have the time off from teaching to go and take to do it yeah so I said Although I'm throwing myself into every single unknown that I could ever imagine. Sure. Let's do it. Which is, is like, I'm, I, it's almost dumb. I'm dumbfounded. Like it's amazing. I'm dumbfounded. I did it. It was extremely traumatizing, <laughs> extremely traumatizing. Yeah. No kidding. And interestingly enough, I mean, I, so I grew up um, in my early twenties. I traveled a lot specifically around Canada and, and a lot of the States just doing, I was a sales rep for a fashion accessories brand mm-hmm. company. And so I did a lot of flying and I was, you know, totally comfortable with it. But then as the years progressed and I got a bit older, I started to become quite fearful of traveling. <laughs> and now as we said the word travel. I love it. Hey. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good. How are good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, you totally froze there. Uh-oh. Oh. Can, we can probably still hear you, Mike, but you are frozen in a very lovely... I think oh. we're frozen. There you oh. are. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that was a gorgeous screech, gorgeous. though. My God. Is it? Yeah. Like, it was beautiful. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> totally. <clears throat> Where in the world are you guys? I'm in Vancouver, BC. So am I. Oh, wandering right on, neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Where whereabouts in Van? 
I'm in uh, Yelltown, but I like to say adjacent to Yelltown because I'm not into Yelltown. I'm like at Smythe and Richards, roughly. Okay, cool. Uh, we're in West Van. We just have a little co-living, co-working place right now for quarantine. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so, first of all, because when, when we grew up, Mike, mm-hmm. is it, do you prefer Mike or Michael now? Whatever. 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 Like, yeah. maybe he's matured now and he likes Michael and that's just a thing, so... Girls prefer to call me Michael for some reason. I don't know why. It's more. It's more like oh, Michael. it's more like formal. And, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. a sexy thing. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> First, How do you guys do Yeah. So, um, and we're and we're recording right now. If just yeah. just so you know. Um, how do we know each other? So it's becoming an interview on us now. All of a sudden. Um, <laughs> good. I love it. I'd, yeah, exactly. Um, we know each other through the yoga world. So we both um, are, I well, and I live in Vernon now. So I was a yoga teacher in Van and Hero still is a yoga teacher in Vancouver. Um, I wanted him to actually teach at my studio. So I had a small studio in North Van for a few years. Um, and instead of going that route, that kind of more business uh, relationship route, we became really close friends. We just had this instant connection um and then hence the getting juicy as a jew we both just happen to have that <laughs> in common <laughs> yeah. so i like to say and even now we have to remind people that you don't need to be jewish to listen to the podcast or to watch us it's just a play on words and something that we have in common and we're very ish we're super ishy jews like but you can you can count on good banter though that's one thing you can count on yeah and we are totally stuck in that department and so, yeah, I mean, we met um, through a correspondent of another teacher that taught for her. She was a student of mine at a different location. Yeah. And then uh, Rachel and I started chatting on social media, met in person at Beautiful in North Van. And I was like, you know, you're too good of a person to be my manager and a student director. And so I just want to be friends with you because I'd rather not have anything come up as a conflict, whether it's financial or non-financial. Let's just be best friends and you know this is what's resulted after four or five years yeah it was like years five or six years Mm. wow yeah and then i was just well prior to hopping on mike the does anyone ever sing this to you where in the world is michael graziano no no (laughs) people don't say that love it but a friend of mine uh, melissa roy who's now the uh first asian woman to do it she actually dressed like Carmen Sandiego. She had like a red hat and a red oh. hat and she was like spotted in all these different places. It's kind of cool. cool. Dude, I That's love- awesome. So we did we did a little intro just before you hopped on. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, just very, very brief. And I didn't want to butcher anything, but um, you know, I've been following you for a few years. And and then I also said how we kind of knew each other back in the day when you were, Jesus, like 10. Were you 10 years old? I don't know that. Are you joking? No. You don't know who I am? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, but I mean like, no, because you were 10 years old. Really? <laughs> okay, no, I, you don't, do you not know that, do you not know our connection? I think I do. Now you're, now you're putting me on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus, remind you- me. Okay, no, well, Matt, and I'm not going to actually make you like sound like you're the the dink now, but no, I I dated your brother in high school 
for a few years. Like I was, I was his, I, well, and I, well, I don't like to name names, but now we probably will. But I dated John for like two and a half years. I was his. Oh my God. Rachel. I thought we knew each other from air cadets. No, no. And I don't even like, you were such a. Wow. You get younger with like decades. That's kind of weird. What do you mean? Like you look so fucking young. (laughs) Yes. See? No, but seriously. See, yeah, a straight man's telling you you look young. It's ago. not just the gay men. You look young as fuck, Rachel. You you look younger now than you did 20 years ago. And I can only say that about my grandma and you. <laughs> that is the charmer. She's married, you know, Michael. <laughs> oh, congratulations. But I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. No, you know. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. It's just like, you know, when I was 17. So, I mean, like, obviously, I remember a lot more about those times. You were 10 years old, I think. Mm. But I, I hung out in your house, like, a lot. Oh, a oh, lot. Yeah. A oh, lot. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so that's how, that's how I was kind of following you over the years, after many years. It's like, that's little Mike, Mikey. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> so, anyway, um... Yeah, with that being said, and like I said, we did do an intro uh, to you about being the... Now, were you, at the time, I mean, maybe it's changed now, but you were the youngest to travel all UN countries. Youngest Canadian and the youngest American man, because right. I'm dual citizen, yeah. Right, 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 right. And so, and how long has it been now since that... Since I got home February 27th. So about 10 days before global lockdown, after, ten, after six years of travel. Whoa. Yeah. What perfectly timed could that be? I mean, wow. Right? Man. Wow. Yeah. And um, like uh, Flight Center, one of our sponsors, they gave a dart toss to one of the raffle winners where wherever the dart lands, that's where you'll travel to. Yeah. And I kid you not, we spun the guy around. He threw a dart across the room and it landed in China. And everyone was laughing. It was wow. like the whole room started laughing out loud, be like, ha ha, like, you know, COVID's fake news. February 27th. And then March 10th, I think it was, the whole world shut down. Shit, wow. I did. Oh, it happened quick. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I actually did not realize um, that it was that, like, so that's when you finished your global degree, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Oh my wow. God. I Wow. Mm-hmm. So, oh my God, I'm sure you've talked about this so much in the past few months. <laughs> um, that is super impressive. So have you been nicking out on travel? Like I can't even imagine. Well, I, so I just, I haven't done a trip this year. I mean, I was re- writing a book on like the, my, my uh, adventures, but then the whole kind of tone of the world shifted. I don't know if you guys remember, it's kind of a scary time. And I just stopped writing and then Still I started a- up a PR company to help people get press because I was always good at that. And um, then next thing you know, like I haven't flown anywhere and I just went to Mexico just for a couple weeks. And it's so funny. I'm now in quarantine. And when I it's it's funny because everyone says how jealous they are, like of you down there. And oh, here's my girlfriend. <laughs> Come off. I, um <laughs> oh, hi, gorgeous. <laughs> um, I love it. But but when you come back, people literally treat you like yeah, like you have the plague. 
Like it's the the stigma that goes with travel. And it's funny. It's really funny because it's international travel. Everyone says how you getting on the plane is the dangerous part because think of all those people and all the circulated air. But if I fly from Toronto to Vancouver, it's no big deal. Everyone's like, yeah, whatever. Welcome. But if I come from the second I cross a border, all of a sudden, oh, my God, like he has something. And, you know, it's just. But the, the, location, the location shouldn't matter, though. It's about the case counts that might be active in where you're traveling. Exactly. Right? There's, there's higher cases in Toronto. Yeah. 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 I feel. And, and now here. Yeah. yeah. I was, was going to say, I feel like that's slowly starting to change. Slowly. Just because I, I do know, I mean, maybe not as much, not, not necessarily with what our government is saying, because obviously you still, you don't need to quarantine when you go to Toronto and you come back to Vancouver. So that's mm-hmm. not a thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel people's attitudes perhaps are people are getting I think a little bit more scared now again yeah you can you can feel it and so I don't know it's just a sad time for travel and tourism there's so many people mom and pop shops relying on tourism to get by so I mean I'm obviously grateful I finished when I did but it's um sad to see where the industry is at right now yeah well then but also with that being said though the amount of the the sheer timing of you coming back with all this richness and the ability to unpack it all and then for the pandemic to hit and then for you to kind of be in lockdown kind of and then in the city that is your home from my understanding you then have that ability to be like okay well this is the time to unpack and actually produce what i just experienced for six years and to use this Mm -hmm. as productivity because if you're Mm -hmm. still traveling now you could still be just as productive but you might be taking in even more information and then it's like okay i have to backlog six years of information yeah yeah and i do have a backlog and i'm sitting on a pile of content like hundreds and hundreds of hours of stuff so i mean yeah this would be a perfect time to to go through that <laughs> yeah um, but that's that's always been a challenge of mine is i i'm always so in the moment there's so much excitement in the current thing that it's hard to backtrack on stuff i mean there's mm-hmm. so much good stuff in there like really is but um i'm always thinking like what's next you know so you were, I, we were just talking about actually travel anxiety just before you popped on because something, something else that Hero and I share is we both have, you know, lived with generalized anxiety and lots of other kinds of anxieties for many years. But, um, but you know, just Hero talking about like, I, just what you said about like always being in the moment, it makes me feel like this could be an assumption, but that you are not an anxious person. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, so you were talking to someone who's like the complete opposite from us in that sense so my question was going to be like how if you felt safe traveling but you probably don't like you probably didn't even think much about it It was just strange no well i just you just assume assume the best in people and assume the best in situations um prepare for the worst i guess but um you know it's very much a reflection you're put it this way if you guys traveled this trip i did and you did it and you were anxious the whole time a lot of bad things would happen to you. A lot more than it would happen to me. And yep. I, I think I think it's, it sucks to hear that, but it's it's like it's a reflection. The world's a reflection of you. You know. You know. I, I met a guy in Thailand. He said, "Everywhere I go, people want to fight me." You know. What is it about it? Like, you know, why are people so messed up? I'm like, no, man. You need to take a look in the mirror. Why does everyone in the world want to fight you? And and you know, no, I, I don't have any of that. Um, I think if you travel the world in fear, 
some fearful things are going to happen to you. If you travel the world looking for a fight, you know, people are going to try to fight you. If you travel the world smiling and, and open and accepting, you're going to get accepted, you know? True. Yeah. There's a little bit of self-fulfillment, self-fulfilling prophecy in there. Oh, of course. Yeah. Mm. And actually, I should say, like, I, I've done a lot of traveling. I've never really been scared of traveling. It was here always talking about his, some of his anxieties surrounding that. But, um, but well, my anxieties are more health anxieties. So ha- living in a ban- pandemic is like, yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And so then at, I guess at the tail, was it at the tail end that you hopped on the stage for a TED talk? Was that... Yeah. Yeah, in Oxford, England. That was February 2nd. Jeez. Which is funny because I got a thousand strangers to hug and kiss and say they loved each other like a week before the pandemic, you know? So I got away. Had I done that two weeks later, I would have gone to prison, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking social distancing. You got all the love before. Yeah. Well, because I was trying to show the power of a human connection. Like, humans are exciting, new humans are exciting. Mm-hmm. And I, I proved that by just kind of starting with a small challenge and I escalated, escalated. I tried to, you know, I, it, I made a joke of taking, like, I was taking off my pants on stage, like, as a joke. I'm like, I want everyone to take off their pants. Like, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. That's- and, <laughs> but it, it was just so cool to see the elevated energy in the room. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just kind of making the point that that's why I did it, to put out my fist for a fist pound anywhere in the world and receive a fist pound to reach for a hug and receive a hug to say, I love you in their language and receive it back just to Mm. see if I could get that type of connection, any single corner of planet earth. And the answer is I, I, it's exactly what I received. That's universal language. Totally. That's amazing. I love it. Were you nervous to go on the stage there? (laughs) yeah i was a lot of things went wrong they switched up my times and Mm. um, like it was it was not not a good setup but i thought it went really well and uh yeah it's a little bit nerve-wracking you didn't look nervous i (laughs) did you you killed it oh there she goes (laughs) heading out the door (laughs) yeah you there in vancouver you guys Uh uh-huh sunny there it looks yeah. very sunny can't you see in my face how i'm so blocked out <laughs> i don't know it's actually beautiful out it's That's gorgeous beautiful out here too so but vancouver does have varying degrees of like sun and gray so i don't freaking know <laughs> it, it, it's like it's like summer in the way that you might look at it yeah right exactly <laughs> so yeah so then how so that you've now transitioned into um your pr company correct yeah. and yeah. that's in a couple of months or yeah yeah it's been going great i um i just i don't know if you you were following the the story but like we were in um forbes huffington post the star we were on tv cbc um ctv yahoo and and so i was pretty good at getting pressed to pick up the story and then I'd go and leverage those articles for sponsorships, like with TripAdvisor, Discovery Channel. And right. so I, I, and then I, once I had the sponsorships, I could get better content. And once I had better content, I could get a bigger audience, which then leads to more press. And so I would kind of keep that circle going. Amazing. And um, I realized that not many people know how to navigate press. They have no idea. 
Nope. Um, they just expect people to beat a path to their door. Um, and as a result, they get nothing. And, um, or they'll be dealing with negative press and they don't know how to navigate that and how to turn, spin that into something positive. And so I'm just like, you know, a global degree has actually been a press, an, a, an example of how press can get you a lot of things. And um, so I'm kind of a walking, talking case study for that. And so now my job is my chapter with global degrees done with. Now my job is just help other people tell their stories and help them get big press. Um, and actually, it's been working great. I, in fact, we uh, did an article on top podcasts for 2021. Really? And when you Google podcast 2021, we're at the top. Like, you know, they like, auto populated our article. Wow. And uh, top podcast 2021. Okay, so, <laughs> oh my God, can we be on that list? <laughs> are, are, they, are we keeping the screen recordings in this or is it just yeah. audio? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, of course. We can make things happen. Yeah. <laughs> No, just yeah. I don't have yeah. that. Are you kidding me? Anyway. Yeah, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun. All day long, I listen to people's stories. I see under the hoods of their companies and their personal brand and help them tell their story. It's, it's right. a lot of fun. Amazing. Right. Did you have some like precursor education to nothing? So you just basically, you know, the glow. So, and I, I, I bet you've answered this a million times, but how did you start? the whole global degree, like, I don't actually even know, like, how did that begin? Because when I go on the website now for global degree, it's actually difficult to find information about you. <laughs> now, yeah. it's all about which is which just means you've built this thing that's greater than you, which is amazing, right? right? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we started the academy, which is going, it was going well, we put it on pause, while I finished East Africa, luckily, we did that because we were about to take on a bunch of investment and sink a bunch of money into it, which we would have gotten burned hard. Um, but coming out of COVID, there's a huge demand for companies like Global Degree Academy. And just to summarize, it's groups of students traveling together while completing their distance studies from their home universities. So, you know, someone's studying business at UCLA, they're sick of being on campus or they can't be on campus, they don't want to work in their mom's basement, they want more of an immersive experience, so they go and switch to distance, travel with Global Degree Academy with about 30 other students and a professor to proctor any exams. Yep. And then they'll probably study two, three days a week and then go adventure and have fun traveling wow. an entire continent, the other remaining parts of the week, and um, graduate with their degree. And it's cheaper than what it costs for tuition. So yeah. Have, wow. you know, like in-school tuition. Distance is cheaper. Wow. That's insane. So, but but how did you start this whole idea? I want to know. I'm trying yeah, to... So I, okay. So going way back, back in 2013, I was 24. I had done a three-week trip to Thailand okay. solo. I was supposed to go with my girlfriend at the time, but we had broken up in between the flight, the <gasps> day she got the tickets and the actual flight. Oh gosh. And so I just went solo. And um, <laughs> first one was I overcame a fear of loneliness. Um, traveling alone is kind of scary, especially for your first time to a foreign country. No kidding. You're just like convinced no one's going to want to hang out with you and talk to you. And like, it's scary to be alone. 
that went right out the window. Like you show up to hostels at in Thailand and you know, you find your squad right away and then you guys go on wild adventures and have the best time of your life. I still talk to all these people. Yeah. I even realized that if, if people don't speak English, you can just play a game of charades and communicate that way. Yeah. Um, number two is money. I was spending more money as a ghost in Vancouver with car payments, cell phone pay- bills, subscriptions, all this shit. And I wasn't even there. Then I was living like a king in Thailand. It's just so cheap. And still to this day, it's cheaper for me to travel the world than to live in Vancouver. Oh my God. (laughs) It's true. And any, anyone, any, or anyone anyone who lives in an urban city applies to them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's why we left. And one of the reasons why we left and we live in the Okanagan, I adore up here. It's starting, people are starting to flock here too, because it's, they're realizing, um, but that's, that's crazy. And I was just talking to Hero because I just read something that according to Google searches where people want to relocate the most and the most popular country, like Canada's number one, Canada's, it just, there's a, another study that just came out that Canada's the number one most ideal country to live in. Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. I believe Bigger cities like Vancouver and Toronto and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's not going to slow down anytime soon, I think. Well, the thing is, remote work is changing things, though. People don't need to work in cities. Mm-hmm. Right. No, you're mm-hmm. right. That's so true. that's why apartment sales are going way down. And um, I think, I think, I mean, cost of living might go down a little bit in the cities, but it's going to elevate elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. People aren't, people are just moving. But um, anyways, still still a fact to this day, it, it's cheaper to travel the world than to live in Vancouver. And uh, the last one was misconceptions. I thought the world was this big, scary place. That's what I grew up to think. And, and the thing about Thailand is it's a melting pot of people from around the world. And they're telling me things like, hey, you know, I think Thailand's nice. Come to Vietnam, come to the Congo, come to Kenya, come to, you know, Egypt. Everyone's pitch in their own country and i'm like well you know how deep does this rabbit hole go what if the world is this amazing place and i have nothing to fear um and you know how many misconceptions are in my mind so on the last day i just made this uh promise this facebook post saying i'm gonna go to every country in the world by 30 or i'm gonna die trying either i do it or i cease to exist those are my only two fucking options wow Hmm. (laughs) yeah it's pretty medieval I but, love that. Uh, people have literally thought I lost my mind. Like, literally. People are concerned. <laughs> like, whoa, Mike's been smoking something down there. Right? Wow. Yeah, you, you, like, took the freaking, I was going to say the balls by the, I don't know what I was going to say. Bull by the, the, the horns. horns. I think the bull by the balls. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> and you did it. Like, I mean, it's one thing to say it, but, I mean, Jesus. So then at that point, it was six years between then. Mm-hmm. And this past February. Yeah. Wow. And so what's the longest period of time you spent back in Vancouver? Three months. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I, I almost wanted to ask this near the end of the, our time with you, but I'm going to ask it now. I mean, you might not have just one, but what was maybe one of the most incredible places you did travel to? I mean, that's a broad question, but I'm <laughs> sure there must be top three that must be in your head i'll give you one for each like region i think that's fair um central america 
El Salvador is quite surprising. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Guatemala was the best overall. I mm. think it's so much variety. Um, there's we did Lake Atitlan. It's like this lake surrounded by volcanoes. Uh, we did. It's called Samuk Champay, but they call it uh, nature's playground because we're sliding down mossy rock slides. We're swinging on vines. Oh my god! Climbing up. Uh, waterfalls and caves, cave waterfalls. It's like that is real life down there. It's amazing. Um, and that's in Guatemala. Okay. Down in South America, I really enjoyed Colombia just because of the vibrancy of the culture. They're obviously trying to turn the page of history and start fresh. And, and we were there during the World Cup when they beat Brazil, or sorry, when they beat uh, Uruguay and Japan. And we were in Medellin during a party of 50,000 people on the streets and everyone wearing those yellow jerseys and just wow. just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people and cultures and uh, again, a lot of variety. In wow. um, Asia, Bhutan was just, Bhutan's like going to the past hmm. 2,000 years. Everyone's wearing traditional robes and they just live in these fortresses in the mountains and you know, we hike and see bird's nest. It's this uh, tiger's nest. It's this huge monastery built 10,000 feet on the side of a, a cliff. Wow. And it's just like, it's not, it's not 2020 over there. It's, you know, like, you know, a thousand, couple thousand years ago. And then if you want to go to the future, go to Baku in the capital of Azerbaijan. Baku. Heavily subsidized by the government. It's a very rich oil country. And it's so modern and futuristic and clean and shopping malls look like UFOs. And they have this thing called the three flame tower. It's the Fairmont and buildings are designed by like, they look like flames. And uh, there's this thing called the stairway to heaven. There's like, you know, tens of thousands of glowing stairs at nighttime. And you're just like, it's, it's far out. It, it really is a spectacle. Uh, It's a beautiful place. And in Europe, I really like Montenegro. It's like an undiscovered um, uh, Croatia. Mm-hmm. Great for boating. Kotor and Budva look like, you know, cities from Game of Thrones. Like oh these. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And um, I also really like Malta because it's, it's a combination of European history with African climate. Oh, my gosh. And the history, you're talking like 4,000-year-old history there and just really interesting. Again, amazing people. Um, Africa, Namibia is, is a spectacle. It's just um, incredible <laughs> desert landscapes, like you've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, Djibouti is a spectacle. Not many people know about Djibouti, but have you heard of couch surfing? I've heard of couch surfing, yeah. Yeah, so we, couch surfing is like this exchange of people letting you crash on their couch all over the world and it's free of charge and i was with a swiss guy named um uh, felipe who had hosted over 500 people in switzerland so wow. he's a super host so whenever we travel with felipe he can stay anywhere for free with any of the couch surfing community wow so we stayed with the president's secretary in Djibouti, who hosted us on couch surfing. And so we had our own chef, we had our own um, 
uh, driver. He, he wanted to get us funding. So he went to the tourism board, got us funding that day. And then we had a caravan all across the country filming wow. their, their country. And like, it was amazing. Just <laughs> no one's ever heard of Djibouti and it's like such an f- amazing country. I that have, is insane. What I find is really interesting is like every single country you just mentioned, almost all of them, I feel like nobody goes to. <laughs> yeah, right. The one that you just said, I was trying to picture in my head. I'm like, do I know anyone that's been there? No, no, no. Except for Guatemala yeah. like, and, and Colombia probably, yeah. but. But it's, that's what I find very fascinating. Like there's just so much out there that we, I cannot wait to start traveling again. Like it's just. Mm-hmm. And I, I discovered a lot of places, you know, cause it was on the list, you know, like, why are you here? Well, it's on the list. Mongolia was another perfect example of that. We were staying with Kazakh Eagle tribe, uh, Eagle hunters. We had these like vultures on pet vultures on our shoulders. I don't know if you saw the photos. It's like so, so far out. But then at the same time, you're driving through the middle of the Gobi Desert. It looks like the Sahara Desert. And all of a sudden, there's a frozen waterfall in the middle of the desert. Oh. Yeah. And you see sand dunes behind them, ice cap mountains like side by side. And you're just like, where, where is this? Like, where am I? What is this? This isn't wow. planet Earth. Real. Wow. Yeah. Real. I have to ask, just because of our podcast name, what did you think of Israel? <laughs> <laughs> I loved Israel. We were there for the Gay Pride Parade in oh Tel Aviv. My gosh. That See, place my gosh. was bumping. I've oh. been to Israel. Like, I, it's funny enough because it actually is quite far from from here, but a long time ago. But wow, okay, Gay Pride. It was bumping. I would love to go. I know it's a mecca. It's well, a mecca. And it's, it's like it's like the rest oh. of. Yeah, the rest of um, the Middle East, obviously sensitive. For some reason, Tel Aviv, it's the Mecca. It's so beautiful. It's so vibrant. Um, We also went to Jerusalem. We went to Nazareth. Uh, Okay, so here's a funny story. We were there during the missile strikes. Whoa. I don't know if you remember last April. um, I mean, there's... There was some soldier shot on the Gaza... And um, they retaliated by shooting 800 missiles. And funny story is I was there and I remember we were at this like in the crater when we were at this really nice hotel and I was, I was looking, I'm like, hey, look, there's fireworks. And then our guide's like, no, 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 that's not fireworks. Those are missiles. And I'm like, are you sure? Because they kind of look like bottle rockets. And he's like, well, here's the truth. The I think it's Hezbollah or one of the groups. They're like they don't actually want to hurt anyone. They just want to make a point, and um, because if they hurt too many people, then the UN will get involved and shut it down. They don't want the UN involved, so all they're trying to do is they're pointing these bottle rockets at these cities, hoping the city will shut down. Because he said if a city shuts down for one day, they lose about fifty to a hundred million dollars worth of transactions that day. So it's it's an economic warfare. It's not an actual warfare. Right. Wow. And so, yeah, it was really interesting to see that, to learn that perspective. I think there was total two casualties accidentally injured from these uh, total missile strikes. But just put that into perspective, a small town in yep. Israel loses 50 to 100 million per day in- being shut down. Wow. Think about what, covid just did Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Right. Just think about that economic like loss. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. it's going to be fucking crazy. The, the next few but, years after all this. Yeah. That's what a story actually. Well, I find that interesting. Like it's, it's kind of like news versus reality. Yes. yes. No. Yes, exactly. But also, I mean, I know Rachel, you're going to say something, but that's in okay. Some, in some ways, not to play play it down, but I would almost consider COVID like a world war. Like, yes, there aren't mm-hmm. soldiers, there aren't, but yeah. But in terms of like the effects it's having on economy or how many people are people's lives are at risk or being taken, it mm-hmm. is basically like World War Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like an invisible. Yes. Invis- yeah, and a lot of people have put it that way for sure. Well, there's also governments exercising their power. Um, The president of Austria created an emergency act, giving him indefinite power. There's no, he's saying no more terms, no more elections. I have power because of COVID. And guess what? People wanted to protest, but they couldn't because of the social distance rules. People couldn't leave their home. Oh my God. So the act got passed. (gasps) <gasps> Something similar happened in Brazil um, and, you know, governments yeah. are printing money to give to their friends. They're printing money to save for their own initiatives. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. $15 trillion has passed hands in, in this year. It's the right. greatest transfer of wealth in, in, in human history. And Holy like, cow. All under the table. No one knows what's going on. No. So you're, you're a good, per- good person to talk to about this because I feel like because of your interests, obviously you probably have your finger on the pulse with a lot of <clears throat> the information that you just mentioned about different countries because I, you know, there's people, not that I'm trying to be naive to the whole situation, but it's just fucking stressful. Like I try not to look at the news all the time. Yeah. So, you know, a, a lot of those things, I think because of fear and because of anxiety of us maybe not wanting to continually look at the news. A lot of those things people don't necessarily know about because they're not, they're, they're just tired of, of seeing bad news. So they're not. Yeah. And I, I, we weren't very political on the trip. We we our mission is to prove people are good everywhere and shouldn't be judged by their government. And so we're just trying to show the people. Uh, so I did try to avoid politics. I know that I know nothing <laughs> about these, these issues. Um, I was just trying to show people are awesome everywhere. You know, that was the mission. That's absolutely beautiful. And then like with your new mindful media. Mm-hmm. So I'm just reading what, um, I guess, for lack of better word, words, your mission statement, I guess, so to speak about mindful individuals coming together and just. Yeah. So what, what's going on with that is like, you know, everyone was asking Mike, what are you going to do next? You know, you just finished every country. You're going to go to space. You're going to bomb the ocean. Like what's, what's next. And I was thinking about starting a new project today and it's, it's a different landscape than it was six years ago. Like when I started, there was about three or four other YouTube channels, like doing anything content created, like uh, vlogger related. Like it's just, it just didn't exist back in 2013. Today, everyone's going to every country. Think of, look at the millions of people with like their little country counter and everyone has a podcast and everyone has a side hustle and everyone's an entrepreneur and a supermodel. And you know what I mean? And, and so each person's their own islands and is their own broadcast station. It's empowering, you know, it's a good thing, I guess, in some ways, but in terms of com- competition, 
there's so much noise and there's so much congestion add on to that media and add on to that fake news and you know fear tactics which trumps everything else and so i'm asking myself like how is an important company or an important person getting their message out today how are they doing it it's it's really really hard to be heard and yeah. so that's strictly what we're about now is to help like these people get the biggest press in the world to tell their story which deserves to be told mm-hmm. you know well and two things that i really strive for um and it's interesting i actually was interviewed on a podcast last night in australia um for mm-hmm. teaching yoga and the person that was interviewing me mentioned that in looking through what what i've created and what i represent in my media my brand website etc she says the two things that stand out to me the most she says is authenticity and vulnerability mm-hmm. and she asked if that was intentional or if that was just organic and so my answer was that's who i am as a person and therefore it reflects in anything i do as a person whether if it's from me digitally or interpersonally and i think that's what makes the difference in people recognizing something from something else is what's mm-hmm. your intention is it authentic is it vulnerable and sincere and does it have a message mm-hmm. that really connects the people no matter what reach it might have right because that's going to impact that many people in that sincere way that might actually make a difference in the world that they see it through yeah. and you know what's interesting something that really is kind of pissing me off i'm gonna maybe i'll piss people off by saying this <laughs> go 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 just what you said i just feel like you are you're 100 correct but i feel like those words vulnerability because we talk about that a lot, vulnerability, authenticity, your tribe, like being you, being living your truth. It's like those have almost become selling tactics. Like there's so many. They're also they're also mainstream. Everyone's exactly. vulnerable. Exactly. But that's the thing is they're not they're not actually vulnerable. They're tr- trying to be vulnerable. They're trying to be. So if yeah. it's, if it's transparent and you can tell you can tell when someone is being intentionally who they are as opposed to trying to do it as a tactic. It's yeah. so different. Like the yeah. game. But then you, you also have you also have people being victims now. Vict- victimization yes. is and it's good for you know you get a lot of attention when you you do and you get a lot a of spam and a lot of scam as well. And then you're just like oh yeah. So like when, what, sorry, I'm just, it just, it does, it does make my blood boil because um, it's, yeah, it's like when you do talk about those words, but you truly are being vulnerable. Like we talk about a lot of raw shit on our show that mm-hmm. a lot of like that, it's not like we've scripted it. I mean, it's all coming from a real place, but I, you know, we try not to try not to use those buzzwords because I do feel like they are over overused but when when somebody like maybe again like i don't want to ostracize anybody but if someone's approaching me sorry everyone out there and they're talking about joining my tribe and like i feel like and i'm like no it makes me sick i hate the word tribe no it's just <laughs> what is this survivor the tribe has spoken no get the fuck out um it's, so i guess what i'm trying to get at is with all that being said then mike how do people rise above that if they are actually if they are doing like they they actually are yeah well i mean i try and work with the story right the reason my story worked is because no one was doing it if you're doing something no one's doing you're a first mover then you get a bunch of attention right and Mm -hmm. and then and then you can navigate that to create whatever you want to create correct 
um, <clears throat> I'm taking other people's brands and I'm trying to like, okay, where's the story? What, what makes you guys unique? But then the second thing is just access to mainstream media. I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever gotten press before, but when you get press is a, you're, you know, you're swinging the bat. Sometimes you miss, nothing happens. Other times you get struck by lightning. And um, yeah, so it's kind of like we're helping people go up to bat and take swings with press because we know that, you know, mainstream top tier one, press you're talking millions and millions of eyeballs but most importantly you're talking about authority and credibility you're you've created a stamp of approval which yeah i mean i that's what i did with global degree if we weren't on discovery channel if we weren't working with TripAdvisor as an official partner we weren't sponsored by gopro i mean these are big big familiar names Mm, and you are the culmination of your associations i think podcasts are probably judged by the guests on the on the show you know who are you interviewing are you interviewing like some top tier people or is it you know your neighbor's dog and you know like who's what caliber of people are on this so what you could do with press is go and get some featured in some major magazines and and websites use that to get big names on the show mm-hmm. which then big names on the show leads to a bigger audience and a bigger audience leads to even bigger names and more press and you kind of keep that circle going yep it's a feedback you know? loop yeah feedback loop um, and if you can understand that and you can leverage that and play that game then then all of a sudden you might end up with a, a huge podcast you know totally and it's common sense that's just basic business the business marketing and and on the channel marketing in terms of understanding how people receive and how they transmit information and how it can become viral versus organic mm-hmm. right well that's the thing and mike we've we've only been doing this for three months mm-hmm. that's it wow. Three months, three months. We just, we had this, you know, this idea. We, we knew we connected really well with each other and we just thought we need to work on, we need, we need a project together, you know? So that's kind of how it all came about. But yeah, but it's, but it is true. Like, you know, you have this, I mean, it's something that probably both of us wanted to do for a long time, but now, especially with COVID, like you said, I mean, everybody has a fucking podcast now, especially. And a puppy. And a puppy and a kit and a, and a cat, like I saw walking in the background of your, <laughs> your plate. Yeah, yeah, this is Carol. <laughs> Aw, hi, pussy. But, but everyone's always had a cat, okay? Don't, don't fucking get the cat in this. <laughs> right? That's a human thing. <laughs> yeah, but like, no, I mean, just to start something new or that's uncharted territories is like, it's almost unheard of now these days. I mean, you were, you definitely, not that you were lucky, you were, you're good at what you were doing, but that's like, it's kind of unheard of now, I think, mm-hmm. perhaps. Well, you guys are onto something, even with the, the, the Jew twist. I think that's funny. Um, oh. I think there's, like, you're onto something. You just got to keep playing with it. And, oh, yeah. I mean, there's, you're talking about the right things and in yoga and meditation, you know, maybe like, some slapstick humor in the meditation space could actually be kind of funny. Right. You know, some like Jewish humor on this whole spirituality thing. Oh yeah. Kind of good. That's coming. <laughs> it's, it's in our, it's in our queue of, of 
our <laughs> one-on-one relationship episodes. That's one thing we wanted to make sure with our podcast is that we have our guests that we can connect. And whether if we're in a space of maybe not having a guest for a couple of weeks, and even if we did, making sure we have our own dialogues, because that's what's prompted the podcast is our dialogues, and they are ridiculously unpredictable. Well, and behind my shoulder, you see this little Jewish man? <laughs> yeah. Sitting on my shoulder. So this yeah. this this is the mensch on the bench. So we talked about him last episode. <laughs> Because, and he's actually a real, I'll take, okay, hold on. (laughs) So this guy exists. So he's, he was this um, gentleman, Neil. Oh my God. What's his last name? Shalom. Shalom. Hala. So, so, so the mensch on the bench actually was this guy's uh, reaction to elf on the shelf. Okay. So have you heard of the elf on the shelf? No, I had neither. Okay, well, it's like a kid's toy anyway. So he's like, there has to be a Jewish, like, you know, response to something Christmassy. And so he actually has some Yiddish words. He says he presses hand. He's got like, <laughs> anyways. Okay. Actually, funny story there. When we were at the West Wall for Shabbat, I was there. And you had all the Orthodox Jews with like this, oh, getting to like a state of trance. Yeah. And everyone, yeah. it, it was, it was yeah. far out. That was like a moment. I was like, whoa, this is like, you can feel the energy. It's like this wave of energy and they're all getting into it. And you're like, whoa, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was interesting. I remember, I do remember that too. Like I said, it's been a number of years, but, and when you were there, cause I know still to this day, the women have to be separated from the men. Yeah. Like, women's side and the men's side. Yeah. But the, all the women are like peeking over cause the men's men get way more intense. The women are just mm-hmm. quiet into themselves. The men are just like, ah, <laughs> going off. there was like bar mitzvahs going on. I remember like, like young, young, young men, young kids were like reciting things from the Torah and they were like, Oh my God, it was, it's, yeah. Yeah, one hundred. Cool. Yeah, well, you know, this has been. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up here? Is there anything? I mean, I don't know if you had an agenda of anything that you want to talk about. <laughs> no. Any final questions or weird questions? Any yeah. weird questions? Yeah, I definitely. I mean, again, if like, is there anywhere else in the world that you have not been to that you would go to again? That- Antarctica. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Not a country, but it's a continent. And I haven't been there and I want to go. That's what I was going to say. Like he, he has even been, has he been to Antarctica? Like, has he like shaken hands with a penguin yet? No, obviously we have to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Antarctica and Patagonia. Okay. Um, I need to go do the Galapagos. I, I cheaped out on that. I want to go, go back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even like Greenland and all up there, it's going to be super strange. You know, I want to go check that out. Yeah. Okay. Then, cause you said any weird questions, what's the, what's the, the, the grossest thing you had to do or did do, or like, is there anything super juicy in that respect? Did you, I don't know. Did you puke on a Campbell's butt? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> did you wipe your ass with your left hand in India? Yeah. I mean, like, um, well, I, mean, I had to eat ostrich fetus in um in philippines so like yeah a little baby chicken in there you eat it it's it's a delicacy yeah i drank was it cooked a, sorry that's a dumb it was like boiled ish i think yeah um we drank bubbly fermented camel milk 
warm, bubbly camel milk in um, Mongolia. Yeah. Chunky. Oh. Um, <laughs> I ate a tarantula. I think it was probably about that big in, oh. um, in, Japan, or in China, actually, in Beijing. Yeah, they're a delicacy, right? Yeah. Um, you know what? Actually, different question. <clears throat> I, feel like, I feel like nothing scares you, perhaps. What's, what scares you? What actually... Commitments. Oh. <laughs> As your girlfriend is not here. He's not there yet. My girlfriend's not here. Um, um, the idea of a family. <laughs> there you go. We'll have, to, we'll have to have you back and talk all about those things. <laughs> Formalized education. <laughs> yes. That I am all about. Oh. Education's amazing, but formal education, never. <laughs> yeah I, i'm just i mean look you can be a graduate of google go to the university of youtube you right. know, it's all there it's all free mm-hmm. yeah <clears> exactly. I mean, maybe not open heart surgery but uh <laughs> the majority of other stuff yeah yeah and do you, okay and now of course we're like wrapping it up but then i was actually what i did want to ask you prior to or earlier in the conversation is as you even were traveling recently or because you've traveled so much like do you feel from your eyes that travel will come back? Like when it comes back, like how much do you think it'll change? Do you think it'll be more expensive? Do you think, I, I know it's not your expertise to, to analyze this. Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. And I, I have thought a lot about it. Yeah. For the majority of the year, I just thought it was just going to be a bounce. Like they come up with a vaccine. Yeah. You know, show goes on. Yeah. Um, that changed when I realized that um, <clears throat> consumer behavior has changed and it's not, it's mm-hmm. not short term, it's pretty fundamental. And um, I don't know if it's going to bounce anymore. I don't, I'm not so convinced. Also a, f- a friend from the UN told me that they think I'll be the last person to go to every country, at least this decade, for the next 10 years, because you remember pre 9-11, post 9-11, how much security. That was my changed. example. Yeah. Oh, remember that? That was my so reference here's, point. here's the future. Pre-COVID, they used to just scan your bags. Post-COVID, they didn't scan your bags. And now they have to scan you because you are a potential carrier of hazardous, deadly weapons. Um You're now with CRISPR and all this gene splicing, we're now entering uh, potential bioterrorism where people are intentionally creating diseases to shut down the world. And so countries like, you know, Sudan, how are they going to navigate this? Hmm. Well, they're going to wait. They're going to wait until the technology comes out, it's released, it becomes cheap and scalable and then they're going to buy all the proper technology before letting people in. Hmm. And so think about how many small countries have to get caught up to speed with all this new technology um, so, before they feel like they're safe. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah, I mean, like in terms of privacy, it's, it's out the door, especially for travel and, and transport. Um, they're going to start scanning you and like entering your body. <laughs> yeah. You know what's going on in there. Right. And so, 
Well, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> Just a, a probe every now and then, you know? Yeah. Never hurt anybody. I'll be traveling a lot more often if that's the case. Let's go. <laughs> we have extra small, small, medium, large, extra large. Let's start with extra small and then we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah, work our way up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my but, God. You know, with any dark time there's there's light that comes so there's going to be something super positive from this whole experience i'm convinced of that yeah yeah i am too honestly when push comes to shove i totally agree with that i mean things be- beautiful and positive things are already happening i mean i'm at like all these you know family time together i mean all these you know re resetting ourselves and the environment and all that kind of stuff has kind of been happening. This well, week. you're starting to think about hundreds of millions of people are now working remotely. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be anywhere in any single location. They could go be on a beach in Bali. Yep. Or they could go be on a beach in Goa and in India or wherever, you know, so you have these uh, economies where I want to go get jobs in rich countries like, you know, Dubai, London, New York, but I want to service those jobs in developing countries, mm. you know, like the Philippines. So I'm getting paid in the um, English pound and I'm living on a little beach hut in the Philippines. And, you know, so I'm keeping all the difference. Right. Yeah. And that's going to happen. A lot of people are going to be going to these destinations to be servicing contracts and filling their KPIs and, Yep. servicing this gig economy and um and and so countries now have to try and facilitate that so having strongest wi-fi the you know co-working spaces all over the place where they can count on that to work um you know just providing that for these remote workers because i think this remote work force is global and it's fluid and it's in motion and that's there's going to be a lot of that coming up. A lot more Airbnbs. Oh, yeah. A lot more hostels, a lot more shared co-living. Not so much hotel where each person's kind of doing their own thing. It's, it's very much more coercive. Just, just to make room for all these people. Right. You know? So interesting. On a, and on a very, on a smaller, well, on a small scale, not globally, but even just what I mentioned before about people moving to the Okanagan so much more. Mm-hmm. It's insane what's happening up here right now. In Vernon, of a city, I mean, like we're only forty minutes from Kelowna, thirty-five minutes, so it's pretty, pretty um, close. But in uh, the greater Vernon area, there's maybe like forty-two thousand people. Um, but what we're seeing right now is where, like what you just said, people are working remotely. So people that always wanted to move to the Okanagan can now do it, uh-huh. and they're and they're snapping up these homes that still are very affordable. But that is we're we're already noticing in the past few months, like how that's starting to change already so quickly. And like, whereas some homes that were on the market like a year ago or businesses or commercial spaces were not able to be sold there, they are not lasting longer than like 24 hours. I mean, some of these places that were literally for sale for like a year are all of a sudden they're gone, gone. Whoa. Gone. Can't find anything. Like we've got friends that are trying to find a house right now or houses. And it's like, if you don't act on it in 24 hours, it's got a, an offer. Wow. We're starting to, and it's mostly people that are, that work remotely now and they're coming from the coast. So that's, yeah, 
And I'm, I'm, I'm aware of land apartments are going to go down land is going to go up because like any schmuck's going to look and be like, why am I spending three million bucks for a fucking hole in the wall when I can go buy a big piece of land out in West Vancouver? Yeah. Right. It just, it just doesn't make sense. So I, I actually made an offer on a piece of land in North Van, a house for 1.8 million, which is, believe it or not, that's the bottom of the barrel. Like <laughs> you, you, like there's nothing decent or nothing at all under 2 million. And I know that that same piece of land will be worth 2.5 next year, three, the year after it's like, it's land is limited and people don't see the value in the homes downtown right now. So like land is going to get gobbled up. Wow. Yep. <clears throat> yep. It's happening. Wow. It's happening. Vancouver. I don't think we've seen our ceiling yet. I don't know if we're ever going to come back down necessarily, but anyway, yeah. So yeah. So on that, <laughs> I don't know if it's kind of depressing or exciting or. <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah, exactly. Every, every hundred years, the world, you know, society gets shaken up and everything changes and it's back to square one. I don't care if you're a billion dollar company or you're starting a startup in your garage. No one knows what's going to happen next. And that's the beauty of it. You know? Awesome. Well said. That is well said. There's one more thing that we, we tend to like to ask our guests at the very end of the episode. And um, maybe we'll change this question at some point, but First thing that comes to your mind, if you were a fruit juice, what would you be and why? Fruit punch. Well, you, <laughs> it's really quick. Fruit punch. Love that. <laughs> and if you go to the Caribbean, you'll understand what rum punch is. Oh, I'm gonna have to Google that. It's yeah. That sounds pretty <laughs> dangerous and pretty delicious. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Great show. Don't get me started. About punch? What? Dangerous and delicious. Yeah, I know. Mm. Well, we can talk about that when Mike's gone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's been a pleasure. Um, nice to see you again. You yes. Thank yeah, you for uh, thank you for Rachel, gracing good us. For you. Just your face. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You know what the secret is? What's the secret? Hot head children. Maybe that's the secret. I don't know. What is it? I've not had children. I'm not, not having children. <laughs> a, a, no kids, and B, fairly good genes. Because my both my parents, honestly, like my mom's just turned seventy last year, and she looks ten years younger. My dad yeah. is the same way, but knock knock on wood. Button. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, Mike, um, I'm sure that your parents would remember me. So I'll tell them you say hi. Rachel then says hello and they'll be like, oh my God. And I, I do talk to John once in a while on Facebook. He'll randomly after like years just send some random like, hey, how's it going? So I'll, I'll reach out to him as well. Yeah, he does the same with me. I don't know why, you know. What a dink. <laughs> anyway. I'll, I'll tell the whole family you say hi. Everyone remembers you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We'd love to have you back in the future for anything you want to share, talk to us about. We want to be able to support you and anything that's going on in your life and your ventures. So, oh, thank you guys so much. And thank if you, you need help with press and blowing the show up, I'd be happy to, to talk to you guys about it. And 
Yeah. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all the best. Um, and we'll continue to watch each other's journeys. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank Mwah. you. Take care. See ya. Bye. Thanks, handsome. Thanks. <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha,